Okay, um, welcome back to uh, the TMG podcast. It's a Tuesday, lovely Tuesday in Chino Hills, California. Studio B once again, and we're here with the uh, gang of uh, three, four counting me, Chris Dufresne, uh, TMGCollegeSports.com, and we're happy to uh, bring you this podcast. So we, ha- we don't have a sponsor yet, but uh, uh, what was, uh, Tony, what was um, Bear Bryant's uh, Sponsor for his show, the uh, the flakes. Was oh, yeah, too. It was it was Coca Cola and Golden Flake potato Gold, chips. Golden Flake is Golden Flake still in business? Can we possibly? Abs- <laughs> absolutely, Golden Flake is still in business. Doing doing well here. <laughs> well, you know, that's good. Get to work on that. Go. Wouldn't it be great if we could get uh, you know Golden Flakes or Coca Cola or. Or, or somebody like that, uh, you know, or, or Dreamland uh, Barbecue. Yeah, I like that better. Or, or, or uh, we probably couldn't do um, cigarettes. Uh, bear smoke with those ch- uh, those unfiltered uh, Chesterfields or whatever they Chesterfields. were. Chesterfields, yes, sir. There we go. Anyway, well, let's get this this party started. Um, you know, there's breaking news on the TMG Sports Hotline. I thought I would address it just because I think it's. You know, uh, we 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 do cover college basketball eventually once the uh, once college football is over. And huge scandal breaking apparently today involving. Uh, now this is going to come to a shock to a lot of people, but uh, involving uh, assistant coaches, uh, bribes, and shoe companies. I don't know that we've ever heard anything like this before. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. <laughs> <laughs> There's gambling going on here. But, uh, oh, you know, I, I, it, it literally this story is kind of just breaking in the morning when we're uh, recording this podcast. And so a lot, a lot of the details have come out, although it involves an uh, assistant coach at USC, Tony Bland. And uh, I know Lynn Swan, the AD at USC, has just put out a, a statement. You know, again, we're shocked if, if these allegations are true. Uh, there's a couple, uh, you know, uh, Jane John Doe universities. Uh, one of them looks a lot like Louisville, <laughs> apparently. So, and I'm sure uh, you know, coach, uh, the the uh, head coach there knows nothing nothing about this. Nothing about it. Uh, any any reaction? It seems like college basketball. Uh, more, I mean, football has its share of scandals, but the basketball the scandals in basketball are are, are you know are just seem to be 10 times worse. Uh, do we have any reason why that might be? Uh, it's 10 year, 10 year cycles because I'm looking up North, Northwestern had point shaving in 1998. Boston college had point shaving in, in, in um, 1988, going back to the CCNY in the fifties. I mean, there was academic fraud at, at Georgia, I think with Jim Herrick. So, I mean, we're due. It's, it's a 10 year cycle. The sport is, is, do to have a, a scandal where where something happens. This isn't point shaving yet, but but now we're dealing with the AAU stuff, and, and that's always been a, a slippery slope, as we all know that goes on. So we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, but I mean, it's it's. I don't want to say I'm even shocked, which is the sad part about it. I yeah. think I think the the temptation in, is greater in college basketball because one player can impact so much, and also because. You know, a point here or a point there, really. I mean, they're just they're, the tampering temptations are just greater in basketball because it just you can you can impact uh, programs, you can impact outcomes of games very easily. Yeah. Um, well, here's the I think the the big problem with this, and it involves the schools, is that you know all this shoe money now 
is is going to schools. I mean, schools now have uh, you know wear certain brands of shoes, and I think this is where uh, the part this part of the scandal will impact the schools directly. Uh, you know, if, uh, companies like Adidas. You know, if you're wearing if your school is taking Adidas money, and and then uh, and then players are being steered to um, the the school with that shoe. Uh, I think that's you know another level of, of scumminess, uh, you know, on top of everything else. But we'll, uh, I'm sure it'll all work out in the end, and everybody's innocent. But uh, for now, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll just have to monitor um, and get back to. Boy, I wish there were some news, uh, uh, you know, in the world that we could talk about. But uh, you know, it's a pretty slow news day, uh, a news weekend. Um, but, uh, let's, uh, let's get to, let's get to the, uh, you know, the task at hand college football and we'll, we'll kind of do it the way we did last week. I think, uh, I want each one of you guys just to tell me something that you don't know or, or, or that, 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 you know, what are you thinking about? What's, what's going on? What happened uh, in your neck of the woods? And let's, uh, maybe start with Herb Gould. I, uh, Herb, you're standing by, I know, uh, what's, uh, What's floating your boat these days about the Big Ten, Notre Dame, I guess, is a story. What's going on? Well, well, you know, I, I'm kind of curious to see how Iowa follows up that, that stellar performance the other night. You know, we, we kind of had thought Iowa was not really, you know, uh, up to being competitive at the highest level this year. And, and once again, I think as a, they had a, a, a multi-game winning streak against top five teams. They beat Michigan last year in Iowa City. So I want to see, you know, they're going to Michigan State, and um, that's like a very close line. They may even be the underdog. I want to see whether they can give Wisconsin a run for it right in the in the Big Ten West. Yeah, I mean, well, remember when, when going to Michigan State was was a big deal? That's not it. It's still a tough place, but Michigan State's kind of really fallen off the, uh, you know, the rails here lately. Uh, uh, you know, that, uh, I'm not sure what's going on with that program. I don't know if you know anything, but... No, well, they've just had, you know, they, they had some tough injuries last year. And then I think that it's the usual, you know, that when they moved up to the higher level, they recruited a higher rated player. And so they've got higher rated recruits and, and they're, they're not getting the chip on the shoulder guys. I mean, that's one theory. Um, and, and then, you know, when you add all those things together, I think the other the other thing about Michigan State is that I think they excelled at a time when, Michigan and Penn State were really, you know, not on their games at all. And, and before Urban Meyer really had put things together, right. like I, I that the other day, you know, part of it is it's compared to who. I mean, they, they filled a vacuum, and, and that vacuum is no longer there. Right, um, exactly. Uh, Tony Barnhart, you are with us from beautiful uh, Georgia. Uh, uh, what's, uh, you know, big stories in your way? I'll, I think, you know, one of them obviously is Alabama had an answer for everybody, for everybody that was sort of uh, wondering, gee, why aren't they, why aren't they beating Fresno State by more than, or Colorado State by more than the score? And they kind of, uh, you know, they kind of answered last week at, uh, at Vanderbilt. Um, tell us a little bit about that uh, declaration. Well, everybody. Everybody is sarcastically saying, thanks, Bandy. Alabama was asleep and you woke them up. Yeah. Okay? And, and now, it didn't, you know, when they play like that, nobody's going nobody's gonna to touch them. I mean, they had something like 38 first downs to three. It was just a total, total beatdown. 
So, you know, you look at the Alabama schedule, you know, there's nobody on that schedule that could beat them with the possible exception of Auburn at the end of the year, and we'll see. The other thing that we're looking at is Georgia played really well Saturday night. They did. Bumping Mississippi State. And so the question is now, I've seen it year after year, now everybody's loving on Georgia. Everybody's telling them how good they are. <laughs> you know, they're going to win the SEC East and play Alabama and all that. That's it's. I've seen Georgia. As soon as that happens, they go on the road and they stub their toe. Well, they're going to Tennessee, and Tennessee's got their backs against the wall. Butch Jones is fighting for his job. It's desperation time up in up in Rocky Top. And so, how Georgia plays this week, it, I think, is going to tell us. Are they for re- are they a good team or are they a really good team? And I want to see how they play on Saturday. Right, um, Mark Blauchin, somewhere in uh, Cape Cod, and your uh, <laughs> Indian summer, <laughs> Indian summer home. What's uh, yeah. what what's on your mind? I mean, uh, I get you know you chronicle the uh, the the uh, Boston College Eagles. Uh, you know they went to Clemson, to right. look good for three quarters, and then. You know the bottom fell out, but is that it? Was is that a is, is that a positive defeat? If you if they're such so they're, they're making it as a positive because they, there was a seven seven game going to the fourth quarter, and, and but then it, you know it was it was thirty four to seven. So you know again, uh, the, the sad part about it, or the interesting part, of it, is they play Central Michigan today. I mean on Saturday, if they if they don't win that game, they have no excuses. They, there's no excuse they can come up with, come up with in, in any shape or form. For to lose that game, I mean, Central Michigan is not a very good team. Uh, BC is playing at home. I mean, it, it, there's no reason that they lose that game, then then everything's going to fall apart. If they win that game, well, they they hold off the, you know, then they get into the fun part of the season. They play Virginia Tech and Louisville in the next two weeks. But the thing that really interested me over the weekend was, and I'll, I'll dive into the South a little bit, is Duke. I mean, Duke is four and zero. Um, you know they they matched their win total of last year in the first four four games of the season. David Cutcliffe is one of the great stories, as we all know. We all know him in college football. He's a good coach with a good skill, and he's having fun, and they're doing things like presumably, hopefully, hopefully the right way. And again, you know, and now we're going to see what's going to happen because uh, they play Miami on Friday night, and let's see let's see if, if if they're for real. I mean, that's 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 an interesting. Storyline and, and, and an interesting development so far in the first month of the season. Right. Well, how, how did they recover from that? They had that long road trip. I know one of their hey, one of their four games. They, did. they 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 took the longest road trip of the year on, on Saturday. They went up up fifteen five and one fifteen minutes to Chapel Hill. Oh, yeah. They, uh, they have not. I don't think. I think this might be a record. I don't think they, they not only have they not left the state. They haven't. They haven't left their 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 area code. They haven't. They haven't left their their, their zip code area. I don't think. Well, that, that yeah, that 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 gets to a, a larger issue, and we've talked about this in the first couple of weeks. Is that it's hard to make judgments on a team uh, or a conference until you see a body of work. And the problem with college football is that in the first month, some teams don't leave the, their own backyard. Some make. Some have uh, several tough road games. You have the uh, as we have a lot out here, a quarter versus um, semester system. The quarter teams in the Pac-12 uh, on quarter systems have not have, are starting school today and tomorrow. UCLA uh, and Stanford have played four games without going to class. So uh, that's always a huge issue. Uh, you know, if you're a, a betting person, I know we all are now, or at least we bet with fake money. You know, you always look at. Um, 
the week that a, a quarter team goes back to school, uh, and depending on who they're playing, it's uh, that's always a tricky one because you got classes and uh, you know you got to deal with uh, uh, all sorts of, of stuff. People actually Distract- on your campus, yeah. yeah distractions, distractions. So, <laughs> classes. Yeah, distractions. Yeah, the distractions of of school. Um, so I mean, can, you know, Tony. I mean, can we can we get a read on on uh, on anybody yet? I mean, even Alabama. I know we we kind of took the bait on that, but uh, after three games, I didn't know. I mean, they beat a, a Florida State team that is uh, you know <laughs> shockingly uh, you know still still without a win, and then they they kind of fiddle around with Fresno State and Colorado State, basically picking the score of those games. So. Um, you know, we really didn't know about Alabama until they got challenged. Yeah, and, and this and this week you'll learn a little bit more. They're going to play Ole Miss. Ole Miss is nothing like they were when they beat Alabama uh, two years in a row. They still got a good quarterback in, in Shea Patterson. That's what I was saying about the Alabama schedule, guys. They got uh, they're four and zero. They got Ole Miss. They got Texas A&M and College Station, and eh, Arkansas and Tuscaloosa, Tennessee and Tuscaloosa. Then they have that stretch, you know, when they got LSU and Mississippi State. So I, I, I think they're the best team in the country. I, I think right now the, the two best teams in the country to me are the same two teams as last year, Alabama and Clemson, maybe Penn State, maybe Penn State. Ooh, wow. Ooh. Ooh. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, that, that's interesting. Maybe we'll get into the, uh, her, but they're calling out the Penn State uh, nits. I mean, they needed a uh, 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 you know uh, a last second touchdown to beat to beat Iowa. Do you think the, the Penn State is that good? Yeah, you know that that that's a really good point. I mean, I agree with Tony. Alabama and Clemson have continued to separate themselves, but Penn State. I mean, when you have a running back like Barkley, I mean, he made something out of nothing so many yeah. times Saturday night. And, and also, you know, when, and when there's something, look out. Um, plus, McSor- nobody's talking about McSorley. I mean, what he did in that final minute in 42 to take them down the field uh, was was really big time. I mean, when, when you've got a, a running back who, you know, is going to, as far as we know, he's going to excel at the next level. And then you have a quarterback with, with the grit and, and, and ability that McSorley has. Plus, they got a really good tight end. I mean, they, they could be in that hunt. Uh, you know, they certainly look like they're, they're a playoff team, and, and then just see what happens. They can play it with anybody. Herb, Herb do you think it, it, there's a chance that if they act, they win the conference this year that they may actually get in the playoff? <laughs> well, it, it depends on, on what they do against uh, those the Ohio State and Michigan boys. Don't mess with those guys. They've already cleared the pit hurdle. So yeah, I think I think that 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 uh, Franklin is making sure that they will have everything that they need as far as a resume for the uh, CFP committee. Yeah, um, the, the story out here. I think the big takeaway for me, and there are other stories, but the the UCLA loss at Stanford. Um, I mean, that was an ugly, ugly defeat in the era of, of Jim Mora. Um, and uh, I was completely ready to write him, uh, write them and him off. Uh, then I stumbled upon his post game um, uh, speech statement, and it it was so similar to Tim T. It was literally the promise, the uh, similar to Tim Tebow's speech uh, when they when the Florida Gators lost uh, 
to Ole Miss uh, in, in 2008, and Tim Tebow basically said, yeah, boys, this is not going to happen again. We're, uh, we're, nobody's going to play harder, and they went on to win the national title. Jim Mora gave a similar speech, and, and I didn't even hear it. it. It jumped off the page. It was so powerful. Uh, you know, I, I will not cheat a day. of the. Uh, I will not cheat the players. I will not cheat the alum. We're coming back. We will rise up. And uh, you know what? I kind of bought it. It was almost like being at a, a Sunday school or a Sunday sermon. Uh, the problem is Jim Moore can't play quarterback or defense. Um, but uh, this is a, uh, you know, UCLA uh, fans don't get too excited about anything. It's, this is not like an SEC school uh, or even in USC where, uh, you know, Moore uh, might have been fired on the tarmac coming back from Palo Alto uh, last week. That's, you know, that's really not going to happen at UCLA, I don't think, unless they, they really cave. But at a precarious time in Westwood, they play uh, Colorado this week, a winnable game at home. And uh, they better, uh, I think they better, they better perform, um, uh, you know, uh, in that game and turn things around, or you know, but, you know, I say John Gruden will be could be the coach of UCLA next year, or, or Bob, <laughs> Bob Stoops, or any. Well, you let know. me ask you, Doof. You know, I heard a, a kid on uh, a kid uh, a fan ranting, a UCLA fan really talk huh? about Josh Rosen being the best player in America. Um, your thoughts? Well, he he throws beautiful passes, and some, but sometimes they're they're to the other team. Um, he, he, his problem is, and it's a, it happens to a lot of young quarterbacks is they try to, to try to be the hero. You know, I think he, he sees the situation. Look, their defense is getting rolled. Uh, they're battered. They have had a lot of injuries and targeting suspensions. And then he thinks he has to do it all. Uh, and then when you do do it all and you come back from 34 down, uh, against Texas A&M and lead your team to an epic comeback, then you think you can do that all the time. And he tried, and he made two horrible passes at Memphis in the fourth quarter, cost him that game. Um, and you know Stanford, I'm not going to put that one on him. He threw for 480, uh, and the defense just, you know, the defense just couldn't stop. Stanford ran for 405. Now 405 at UCLA. Mm. Should only be the freeway that, that the you know the camp that the campus you know is adjacent to. Four hundred five should never be a number that you allow another team to to run. Um, uh, you know it is. It's, uh, Josh is a extreme. You just have to watch him play to know he's an extremely talented person. Uh, how that translates to next level, I don't know. I'd like to want to see him around better players and. Uh, 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 you know, a defense that can, can, where he doesn't have to, you know, be the hero every week. And I think that's kind of what he's fallen into now. Um, so, you know, interesting stuff. Uh, hey, Duke, I got a question though for you. All right. how, how, how does Jim Moore explain his defense? I, I can understand the other stuff, but I mean, the same thing. A&M, they, they, they lost the game in A&M. I mean, Rosa pulled it out, but they give up like 40, 41 points. Memphis, same thing. Stafford, same thing. There's no improvement. I mean, well, what, what, how does he explain defense? Well, you know, they, they, you know, you know who their coordinator is, Tom Bradley. I mean, I a veteran. A veteran. Well, you know, a veteran guy. And it's hard to, you know, I don't think anybody would say that he's not qualified to put a defense together. Um, they switched. Uh, they switched defenses. Uh, don't you know? Don't you know? Uh, uh, 
four, three, three, four. I can't. I have to be you know, which one they went to. Uh, they've had a lot of injuries on the on the front. Uh, they've had uh, some really key target uh, penalties that have cost them not only that game but having to sit out the first half of the next week's game. Um, and they've played some, you know, uh, you know, they've played some good offensive teams too. I mean, A and M, Memphis. I mean. Uh, and then you know, Stanford has a power, you know, has a, one of the best running backs. I mean Bryce Love, uh, who replaced Christian McCaffrey. I mean could have broken McCaffrey's rushing record against UCLA. Uh, and you can't give up 130 points in three games. I'm sorry, I don't care what you're you talking about. You can, uh, uh, yeah, I, you can. I see it happen all the time. No, I, I don't. I don't know. That's that's the issue. They, you know, uh, UCLA also can't run the ball either. You know, they have uh, so it's they're they're, they're not in sync. Um, and uh, they 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 have a th- crucial three game uh, stretch here where I, I, they got to get they got to get it turned around and, and maybe they do you know and uh, uh, we'll we'll see. Um, other Dude, is there is there any doubt in your mind that it's going to be USC and Washington in the Pac twelve championship game? No, well that that's you know I I was going to perfect timing. I was going to bring that up. The other issue in the Pac-12, and I wrote this at Pac-12 Media Day. I said, uh, I wrote that you know what a what a conference really needs is not to be good top to bottom. You know, to get to the playoff, you need to have two good teams that uh, that are going to meet in the championship game that don't play each other. And I think that's sort of the same situation in the SEC. I think this year, Tony, right, with as uh, shaping up Alabama and Georgia, right? I mean, you want right. you want two teams to emerge. Uh, in their divisions that don't play each other uh, until the title game. Um, uh, and, and that's the way I thought the, the, the Pac-12 looked. Uh, you know, forget parity. Forget how good, uh, you know, you need, you know, Washington and USC have, uh, you know, I think are starting to emerge um, as the top teams. Uh, you know, Washington went to Colorado last uh, that last weekend against the you know, team they, they throttled in the Pac-12 title game last year. Colorado was highly motivated, and Washington just warmed down. It was a close game, and they blew them out in the fourth quarter. Uh, US, USC went goes to Cal. Cal, a surprising 3-0 team. Highly motivated team, uh, you know, coached by Justin Wilcox, who was basically run out as defensive coordinator at USC two years ago. Uh, and, you know, it wasn't a pretty game, but... They have uh, they have a guy that knows how to win games in the fourth quarter in Sam Darnold. So um, yeah, I think um, you know the problem the problem in getting to the college football playoff is if you have too many good teams in your league and you end up with that second loss uh, and that makes it uh, uh, difficult. Uh, ask you know ask Penn State right uh, Herb. I mean Penn State l- loses too early or they get turned they get it turned around. Um, and they can't. They win the conference and can't get to the playoff. Yeah, that, that's right. I mean, and you look at it. I mean, and when we talk about Penn State, they've got a stretch in. They play Indiana this week, and then they, and then they play Northwestern, Michigan, Ohio State, and only Michigan is at home. Uh, you know, Northwestern's not going to, uh, you know, be a super threat. But but if you're looking to Michigan and Ohio State, you don't play well. You know, they're, they're going to have a really good October. We're going to know a lot about them, uh, you know, and then we'll just see, that, as you said, you know, the, this, the way it played out last year, uh, you know, there's a lot of little twists and turns 
within these leagues that can determine, you know, who's got that best resume for the playoff. Uh, sticking with your league, Herb, let's talk a little bit. And we, you know, last year we had a, uh, a weekly segment devoted to Jim Harbaugh, the Harbaugh Report, because he said something every week that warranted, um, you know, comment. And, you know, he still does. Uh, we, we kind of moved on from that. But, uh, you know, his, uh, his post game this week, or yeah, his press conference yesterday, talking about the, the facilities at opposing Big Ten stadiums, uh, you know, being substandard. And I thought Scott Van Pelt last night had the perfect comeback, and I wish I would have thought of it myself. Uh, and, 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 it's got, and Scott said on, on ESPN, he said, you know, that's fine, but, you know, how about you release your roster? You know, it's like if, 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 if you're going to complain about the opposing locker rooms, that's fine, but, you know, you can release who's on your team. Uh, and uh, uh, it, it's, uh, is this just another – what's he doing here, Herb? Well, you know, the mind wanders. I mean, he's just always got <laughs> something going on. He was also complaining about, you know, the, the hit on spate. It, it reminded me of a story of a guy I know, an Illinois alum, and he used to be the um, – he was like the student manager of the visitor's locker room. This was early yeah. in Bo Schembechler's career. And and Bo sent him a letter before that Michigan came to Illinois and said, we're going to need yellow towels, maize-colored towels. And the guy did not supply yellow towels in Champaign. And Bo actually wrote to the athletic director in Illinois and tried to get this student – trainer fired because he didn't come <laughs> up with yellow towels. Yeah. I mean, there's a sense of entitlement in Ann Arbor, I guess, is what we, we need to conclude. Um, you know, Harbaugh, I think it's just the, the his ability to free associate is uh, never, uh, you know, ending. And, and he's just going to say what's on his mind, and, and that can be a good thing and that can be a bad thing uh, for him or us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, there's all kinds of different stands. We don't see locker rooms the way we used to. I mean, I remember going into the pink locker room in Iowa, and, uh, you know, people used to make a big deal out of that. So yeah. we don't see It's hard to know. Uh, uh, Blau, are you still there? No, I'm here. Does, it, does, a, does a school have a responsibility to, ha- to properly house the incoming opponent? And I think this has changed now because – the money now in, in the conference and at the schools, the facilities have, have improved, you know, so vastly. A lot of these complexes are just beautiful places and stadium re- renovations. Right. Is it the responsibility of the home team to also provide for the visiting team? Or do, should they, you know, should, is it okay for them to have a rat trap as a, uh, you know. Well, what's, what's your definition of, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we hear everything from painting the locker room pink to the Hayden Fridays to not having hot water in the showers. It's part of the, you're on the road, it's a road trip, but deal with it. I'm, I'm sorry, it's, it's not like they're putting them into a, into a, you know, a prison cell, you know, college confinement. It's, it, I mean, locker room is a locker room. You spend some time there. You know, you're not lounging there. You're getting dressed there. You're taking a shower. You have a meeting there. So get over it. I'm just play the game. Just, just stop. Well, you know, I, I guess so. Except that I think that you know that's something that needs to be decided well into the off season. Oh, sure. And you have a committee, and you, you know, you have a standard, a minimum standard. You know, whether it's square footage or you know whatever your rules are. I know the. The visiting teams at Wrigley Field, the baseball teams, a lot of them complain about that same thing with the visitors' locker room there. 
you know, uh, yeah, you can't let it be a distraction at the time that you're you're there. But yeah, that's something. Well, you know, I think that you ought to, you know, at least provide a minimum kind of a standard. Well, that, yeah, that I mean, that's my well, point. The money is there. If the Big Ten, if Big Ten schools are getting forty million dollars a year. Uh, you know, in the old days, a stadium was a stadium. The locker room, uh, you know, was crappy, and that's just the way it was. But you know, if you have the the means, if you're if you're renovating your own uh, facility and you don't renovate the visiting uh, locker room on purpose as a competitive advantage, uh, you know. And Harbaugh was also talking about the training tables being ripped, and, and maybe the you know he's trying to get to the safety of the players. I guess if the if a training table collapses. <laughs> While a player's on it, that might you know that might be an issue. But uh, well, the whole the problem with the whole thing, guys, is is that Harbaugh's got no credibility when it comes to complaining about gamesmanship. Okay? <laughs> That's right. The guy who won't release a depth chart, who won't release a roster, who won't you know he it's the ultimate silly, goofy stuff about gamesmanship. And now he wants to now he wants to have some credibility on an important issue, and people are going, you know what? I may listen to this argument, but I ain't listening from from this dude. Well, okay? yeah, I think it's it gets back to Herb talking about his free association. Harbaugh ha- has is sort of like Lane Kiffin, except with a better record. You know, he's kind of got that. You, you know, he's got that mind that just he's he's there's no filter on it, um, uh, and he's just going to say things. Uh, but you know, there's also it, it's also clear that he has. Uh, a specific purpose for everything he says too. I don't think it's just a guy talking off his head. He's always looking for some sort of competitive uh, advantage. Oh, sure. So, um, well, we uh, we don't really have a mailbag uh, segment on this show. We might start one, but uh, uh, somebody mentioned it. One of our uh, our thousands of, uh, of, of of viewers uh, mentioned a mailbag and, and actually asked a question. So maybe we'll take it this week. See where it goes, but this is from uh, Marty from San Diego, uh, who writes, and it's kind of an old rant, uh, but we'll address it. He, he he says, I think the fourteen playoff system is seriously harming college football. Uh, the BCS began it, it, diminished all the bowl games. Rah rah rah. Um, it also diminished winning a prestigious conference, the Big Ten. Um, okay. Uh, in favor of, of, of big point differentials, victories, third-place teams. Uh, you know, this is kind of a, an old rant, but uh, anybody have any thoughts on the call, the playoff ruining college football? I, I don't think it has, but... No, yeah. I mean, I, there's always a debate whether, for, you know, having a, a league champion or a representative of the league left out because you got five major conferences and only four spots... That's a, that's a sticking point that's going to be addressed eventually. I think they're going to have to make some adjustments. Maybe they'll go to eight and they'll stop it there. But then the argument is, well, once you're at eight, you want more. That that the only the only inequity I think is is that one one a major conference um, is going to get left out. Uh, you know, of a, could get could get left out and will get up because you can't put five and a four. It just doesn't work. So so if they can adjust that problem. Then I, then I think they'll be fine. Yeah, and you know, I think that you know, five into four is a better problem to have than three into two. Correct. And uh, you know, if if you pull up our old podcast with with Bill Hancock, there, you know, I, I'm I'm on record as have, having been an eight team playoff guy for a long time, but the practical reality is that it's not going to happen anytime soon, and, and I don't really feel that strongly about it. I, I sort of think where it's at right now is a pretty comfortable spot. 
And, uh, you know, I go back to 1988 when Notre Dame was able to win the national championship with a, a hand-picked West Virginia opponent, you know, in the bowl game. You know, and we all remember those days when, when you didn't have anything close to a one-two matchup. And now, you know, you, you know you've got controversially or argue, argumentatively, you, but you got, you're pretty close to the best four teams. You know, there might be somebody, one or two teams with a rant, but I think it's in a pretty good place right now. I, I don't agree with the the uh, the uh, caller, writer. Um, Tony, you still there? Or you are, or did you go up and... Tony, I think Tony might have taken a, a much more important call. Um, anyway, yeah, I, I, you know, I think there's something to it, but it's, it is what it is. It, it, you want to talk diminish? Yeah, the Rose Bowl... Is diminished. I mean, look, Penn State uh, was sort of, you know, did win the Big Ten last year and had to go to the Rose Bowl uh, instead of another, a better game. I mean, when was that ever, uh, you know, a problem? When was that? Uh, US, USC got to the Rose Bowl last year without winning its own division of the of the league. So, yeah, there is a little bit of, but look, when, when the Rose Bowl got into this deal in 1998, that was part of the deal. It was uh, forever, uh, from that moment on, uh, not the same, and diminished as part of that. Uh, it also well, has some great. It also yeah, has a great game. So, you know, the practical reality is what is the what is a better alternative? You know, yes, there are flaws here, but but you know, what what, what way are you going to do it that's going to minimize the flaws and more so than what you have now? And I don't. I don't readily see an alternative. Well, Herb, you, you mentioned you mentioned, you mentioned we've all talked about it. If you have eight spots and, and, and a five champions are guaranteed spots, and you fill in the three other spots with 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 the best runners up. Yeah. Well, that's true. Except that you know people have pointed out. I think Bill Hancock told us you know, uh, or, or else we we we've discussed it ourselves. When you do that, now you're opening it up to the group of five, and then sure. you're going to get into other. You know, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but you, you you've got you've got drawbacks even when you go to oh, eight. No question about that, but 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 that's the fair. No one, I mean, you're not going to have a you're going to have a serious debate about this until you find two undefeated two leagues that have undefeated teams, and one of them doesn't get in. Then you're going to have a then something will happen. Then some there'll be some movement because then well, someone. Right. Well, the, the odds of that happening, you know, with the right. fourth and fifth teams. Correct. I don't know if it's ever happened, well, and then you go to and then you go to the strength of schedule question. You know, I mean, that's, that's right. You, that means probably means you didn't really play a good non-conference. There you go. Um, you know, as, let's say, you know, is Notre Dame back, Herb? I mean, is Notre, Notre Dame, especially in light of what Georgia did to Mississippi State. I mean, Georgia looks like a pretty good team, and and and. Uh, uh, Notre Dame lost a one-pointer there. Uh, are, are they back? Is, is Brian Kelly uh, got it? The, the, uh, well, I, I think they're going to have a really good year. I mean, I think that, you know, that, that was humbling last year, and, and they've taken it and used it. Uh, you know, I don't know that Wimbush is a quarterback that you're going to put out there. I'll be real interested. I mean, that USC game, obviously, is going to tell yeah. the tale. Uh, assuming that Notre Dame, you know, takes care of business the next couple games. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, being back, I guess, is your definition. You know, are they going to have a 9 or 10 win season? I mean, you can certainly forecast that. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, although not, you know, not necessarily. I mean, they're going to play Miami and, and that NC State team that looks awfully good. Uh, they're going to go to Stanford. You know, they have some games, but, you know, I, I think eight and four is, is certainly a number that, you know, you can say this is a really good bounce back. And if they get to 10 wins, you say, wow, that's really good. Uh, you know, the point is that they're headed in the right direction. And then, uh, you know, what is, you know, do they make themselves a, a serious national threat next year? I mean, that, that'll be the long-term question, assuming that they keep making the progress that we've seen in this first month. Right. Well, we're, uh, you know, we're running late here. We got uh, heading towards 40 minutes. I don't know if anybody could listen to us for 40 minutes uh, or, or 50, but uh, let's quickly move. It's kind of a not, not a really big weekend. Uh, there are some good games. I don't see any really marquee games, interesting games. Uh, Herb, uh, let's go to Blau uh, uh, and, and kind of fill in for Tony here on the, on maybe the ACC of you know, Florida State uh, at Wake Forest. Florida State, if you would have told, you know, this is a shocking thing, and obviously the hurricane had something to do with it, but if you would have said a month ago that Florida State at the end of September would not have a, a win, I mean that would have been. Well, they've only played two games, so well, that's I mean, what I mean. It, but still, it, yeah. So that's the thing. But the ACC has two interesting games: Friday and Saturday, and Saturday nights. We got Florida, Florida, Miami versus Duke. Just got a curiosity for Duke, and we'll see what Miami's got. And then, then, then Saturday night we got the first uh, ACC Atlantic Division showdown: Clemson Virginia Tech. Yeah. So those the, those are the two defining games, and and the winners will will move on, and the losers will drop out of the, out of the pack probably. Yeah. Um, Big Ten, what, uh, Northwestern at Wisconsin. Uh, what else we yeah, got? That's one game, you know, that, that's one game. I mean, you, at this point, haven't seen Northwestern. I, I don't expect them to have the, you know, the, the way to, to victory at Wisconsin. On the other hand, last year they were they were one and three, and they went to Iowa and Michigan State. And never mind that Michigan State wasn't that good. They won a couple good road games back to back. So you know, Northwestern. Has you know that, that's that's going to be the marquee game in the, in the league this week, and then the other one I just looked it up. I mean Michigan State three and a half point favorite with Iowa coming in. I don't see that one at all, you know. But apparently Las Vegas seems to think that's going to be a real interesting game. So you know those those are the two that I want to see what how they play out. Well, of course, uh, I, of course, I want to. A game that interests me in the Big Ten is is Ohio State at Rutgers. <laughs> if only because you got it's the Rutgers barometer. How bad are they? Uh, and last year, and last year, the great there was a stat on Rutgers. They lost to, to uh, the Ohio State, uh, Michigan, Michigan State, and Penn State. I think it was the four teams by yeah. two two hundred and twenty four to nothing or something like that. Right. Uh, well, here's, so, here's a little sidebar to that. This will be Greg Schiano's first return to Piscataway since he was the coach <laughs> right, there. there so. As defense coordinator to Ohio State, you, if you don't think he's he's working on a game plan to get make sure Rutgers gets nothing, uh, <laughs> you, you got it wrong. I mean, he's going to be yeah. he's going to keep that that's like like it's the final four game. He wants yeah. to shut up. I'm, I'm sure of that. I'm not sure that's well, such a hard the difficult thing. The thing you got to remember is that Rutgers. Um, oh no, it's actually two weeks away. I was going to say Rutgers goes to Illinois, but that's. Uh, the middle of October. I just wondered whether they would be looking ahead to Illinois and not really, you know, and would treat Ohio State lightly. Uh, I don't think because they'll get the game where they actually have a chance. Yeah. 
All right. Yeah. Well, you know, out west, we got we have a couple interesting games. And Friday night, USC at the Washington State. That uh, that is an interesting game. Uh, Washington State is four zero. They usually stumble out of the gate. They're actually uh, undefeated. They have, they have a good quarterback. They have a, a coach that's uh, it must be feared in terms of preparation and game planning and all that. Uh, I guess I mentioned Colorado at UCLA, very important, kind of a local inside Pac-12 uh, story. Um, but uh, that, that's about it. The SEC, you got Georgia at Tennessee, interesting game. Uh, but uh, Ole Miss at Bama, Tony mentioned. But uh, I think, uh, you know, it'll be a fun, it, it might turn out to be a better weekend than we think because we got some interesting matchups, maybe not marquee games but fun games uh let's get out of here 41 minutes already i you know don't we let's get on with the rest of our lives um and uh, have a good weekend and we'll be back next tuesday and until then adios